Thank you, Jesus. hear me? Good. I can't. <laughs> Let's see if we can get this to cooperate. How was everybody's Thanksgiving? Anybody a couple pounds heavier? It's not what I actually came to talk about, but just telling the truth. Anybody enjoy any pie? See, men after my own heart. I like pumpkin, but I destroy apple pie. So let me welcome everybody again to Hope Springs. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been working through the series, Chasing Carrots. You know, attempting to reach unreachable goals or things in our lives. So, you know, many of us will never catch that thing that is just held just back there to tease us. We've talked about fame. We've talked about money and things. We've talked about perfection. But this week, we're going to talk about approval. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to come around and stamp you on the forehead with a big stamp that says you're approved or disapproved, reject like the bad, bad nut and uh, Willy Wonka or whatnot. But uh, what comes to your mind when you think about approval or the phrase longing for approval? Do you think of some weak little sniveling thing, get a little creepy guy, kind of like either Igor or Renfield from, you know, the old horror movies. Yes, master. Or maybe you think of someone that's just hungry because they've worked so hard and they want that approval, like a performer or something. Like maybe, has anybody watched the movie The Mask? Oh, one moment. It crashed. My fault. <laughs> Look, he's like, oh my gosh, you, know, you love me, you really love me. As a performer, I don't necessarily get that bad, but I associate with that a lot. When you work real hard, you practice, you study, and you come up and you play. Even when you do it for God, you still want to hear someone say, thank you, I enjoyed that. You don't want to hear crickets and chirping and, and whatnot. Or maybe you're just somebody that can't seem to say no when anybody asks you to do something. Ever watched The Princess Bride? Wesley's constantly doing what? As you wish. Maybe. There we go. Oh. As you wish. Oh, to the point of even being abused from it, right? So... Do any of us care too much what people think? Honestly, do we? If you raised your hand, I would say you probably like me, you might have a problem with that. Harriet Breaker calls it the disease to please. It notes that it's an actual form of addiction, this people-pleasing thing. You know, a drug addict seeks drugs and alcohol has to have 
that drink. But people pleasers have to have acknowledgement. We have to have approval that what we did, you are good with. And it drives us. We don't even know half the time it's driving us, but it does. So people pleasers have three main problems. The first one is you obsess with what people think. Husbands and wives, maybe not understand this, you know what I'm saying? Because you, before you go out, if you're married, you're going to let the wife check what you're wearing and, and see if it's approvable. Because, see, I got a hand up back there. You're, you're going to wear that. You know, if, if she's not pleased, she's not letting you out of the house. People obsess about what their hair looks like, what kind of car you drive, maybe what house you live in, where you live in, the neighborhood you live in. You get a text, after, or you send one, I should say, and then you're waiting for that reply. Come on, I've seen the bubbles pop up. Wait a minute. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? No, 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 they didn't reply. Is there a problem? Oh, no, i got to call them now. Or maybe you're on Facebook or Snapchat or any of those things, and you're waiting to see likes and comments and all that stuff because you just posted what you ate yesterday and thought it was great and thinks everybody else should like it too or something like that. Second thing is you're awfully, very often, very often overly sensitive to criticism. And I know when I'm focusing on that approval, I'll notice that when somebody says something to the contrary of what I've been thinking or working on, all of a sudden I get real snappy and I start trying to shut it down or I get irritated and I have to walk away from the moment. You know, a hundred people can tell you something positive, but you get one negative comment about something and you just go to pieces. The third thing is you have a hard time saying no. You avoid conflict at all costs because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. How many of us, be honest, we just had Thanksgiving, wound up eating Thanksgiving dinner at a house you didn't really want to be at or with people you really didn't care to have dinner with? Come on. You don't have to hold up your hand. I'm just saying. Or, or maybe you've been the one tapped on the shoulder and they decided you're the host and you don't want the host because all that work that goes in, my gosh, that'll be my whole day for two days before it and the day after cleaning it up and get ready and running to the store and doing all the cooking. Or, you know, with Christmas coming up, how many people buy a gift for somebody that they'd rather not give a gift to, but they know they're going to hurt their feelings if they don't give that person a, a gift. They're going to have conflict. So, in Proverbs 29, 25, it states, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Now, there's a word used in a text called a mokash. It stands for a noose that's used for catching animals, or they used to use a ring through the nose. If you've ever seen those cartoons back in the day with the Looney Tunes and stuff, you just see the bull with the big ring in his nose. But that was real because that's how they would lead those big animals around and tame them. So what we're saying here is that whether we realize it or not, sometimes when we're hungry for approval, when we're feeling maybe we're struggling with esteem or whatever or just want an acknowledgement in our life that 
that will walk us and talk us. And not always for God's glory, we'll say. But there's good news. Whoever trusts in the Lord is what? It says what? Is kept safe. So let's just take a moment and ask God to open our hearts right now. Say, Lord, let us just be honest with ourselves today, honest with you, and be open to what you have to say to us. I ask that you speak through me, Lord, and speak clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm Dave. I'm a recovering people pleaser, as long as I can remember. When I was in kindergarten, my mom says, when you go to school, you can't talk because you're going to interrupt the class all the time and you're going to do this and do that. So comes time for the first parent-teacher meeting, and uh, the teacher goes, does he have a problem? Because like, like, I'll ask him a question. And he won't even answer me. He won't even speak to me. Or the only thing he said was, Mom says I can't talk. Because I was so worried about pleasing my mom and doing what she said. As I got a little older, I found guitar. And I found for the first time in my life a way of approval. Because once I started playing, I noticed people seemed to pay more attention to me. And that became almost like a drug. I learned my work ethic from my father was, so if you, you worked hard... Things pay off. And working at different industries like customer service and sales, you know, your paycheck depends on how well you perform or approval, and it's the way you find your approval. But then you also start getting awards and stuff, and you start seeing your names on plaques and stuff, and it can go to your ego. And then when you have that month where you don't hit the big numbers or you're not getting all the pats on the back, all of a sudden you go through a tailspin. So... Do I still struggle with this or worry about this? Every day, yes. It walks me and talks me because I've always had that issue. I can be easily over-concerned with what people think about me, even you. I mean, you're all, a lot of you are almost like a second family to me. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you're, you're about to do something, you, you start going, oh, man, that's, they're not going to like that or, or whatever. So fearing what people think is a snare. But it's not just that. It's a relational problem. So this is a spiritual problem. This isn't just, you know, a bad habit or something like that. This has a root in it with a spiritual issue. So becoming obsessed with what people think is the fastest way to forget about what God thinks about you. So how, how should I approach this? How should we approach this? Maybe we should start rethinking our goals a little. Instead of living for the approval of people, something's impossible to obtain, right? Maybe we want to live for God and God alone, for his will, for his glory, for his purposes. And in fact, Paul stated this very well in Galatians 1.10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If people-pleasing were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Think about that. His approval was from God because his approval from man did what for him? He got stoned. He got thrown in jail. He got 
beat. He, he stayed in prison for how long? <laughs> how many different times? In shipwrecks. So he's stating very emphatically this. So we can learn a lot from what he's saying. Sometimes we think that just because things are going rough that we don't have God's approval. And we'll get into that a little later, but I'm just going to let you know. He approves of you. It's easy for us to talk about living for God. You know, I'm going to serve Jesus, bless God. I don't care if anybody likes me or not. But let's look at this truthfully. We are drawn to caring about what people think. Well, you know, let's call it what it is, right? Sin. Facts about disease to please. First fact is, people-pleasing is a form of idolatry. That's more of a spiritual problem than a relational problem. Because that means I'm putting people ahead of Christ to find my well-being, my center. And if I'm a Christian and a believer or disciple of Christ, I'm supposed to look to him for everything. But Jesus even talked about it himself. There's other people that have struggled with this. In John 12, 42, you know, you'll look, and Jesus had just been doing some miracles and everything, but he, he's noticing that the Jewish leaders still didn't believe that he was the son of God. So he kind of said this, but because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. They loved approval of people more than the God they claimed to serve. I mean, these weren't just people. These were some of the leaders of the church back then. So, you can see this isn't a new problem, is it? Have you ever been there? Anybody? Okay. Thank you. I know I have. When I was first approached by a friend who shared the gospel with me, he spent about 25, 30 minutes, and boy, he gave his his all. And I just looked at him dead in the face and says, yeah, that's good, but I can't do that right now. Because you see, if I do that, I have to give up, or I thought I had to give up, all these things that I knew. And secretly inside, he didn't know all the things I'd been through. He didn't know I was abused as a child. He didn't know that I struggled with all these other things and that I found my esteem from music and playing. You know, I mean, growing up, middle school, high school, I was, even graduating, I was like a buck 35 soaking ring and wet, six foot one. I was tall and lanky. My hair was thinning even at 18 years old. I wasn't what you'd call an attractive young man. I was picked on, pointed at, the girls didn't pay attention to me. Then I had guitar class and the band teacher heard me play and he's like, I'm putting you in a stage band, kid. You can play. So then a few months later, we did a song, and I played the lead in the song. You know, I had the solo and stuff. And the very next day, all these 
girls and people who wouldn't even talk to me or acknowledge me other than to maybe thumb their nose at me. Two of them were sitting behind me in class trying to comb my hair. It was longer back then. It was there then. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then guys were told me, dude, I didn't know you'd do that. I didn't know you'd play. You're pretty cool. Like, how, how did I go from the biggest geek of dork into being cool? And let me tell you something, for an awkward young person, that's like a drug. Like what we said, the disease to please. Fast forward a few years later, in the church I was attending at the time, I realized that if I ever shared the truth, the full truth of my conversion and my testimony, that they would probably kick me out of that church because everybody had to look a certain way, be a certain way. And they talked about the power, the, the redemption, the healing, the deliverance of the blood of Christ. But I don't think they understood how deep it really goes and how bad people really need that or, or how dark things can happen to people because, you know, you just see them on the surface and you don't know some of the things they've been through. So I was in New York City attending the New York School for Urban Ministry and we were doing an outreach with the church in Harlem. And uh, <laughs> Sister Yo. It's actually, they call Yolanda, they like to call her Sister Yo. And her husband come up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, brother, you're preaching today. Get out there. I'm like, excuse me? Nope. God just told me, you need to share the message. I'm like, I don't have a message prepared. He goes, you always got something to say. You're saved. You're a believer. And I started thinking, and I just started praying, and then God just said, let it go. Share your testimony. And I did. And I told how I struggled with the fact that I'd been sexually abused. And as a result of that, all the, prom the promiscuous lifestyle it led to the alcoholism and all the different things. And how I hurt so many people. And how dark it was. How I questioned whether I was straight or gay for a while and struggled with that because of it. And when I was done and I was speaking, I, I stepped back. People started coming up front in tears and they're crying and they're giving asking me to pray with them and they gave their heart to the Lord and I discovered the truth that we're made free by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony see because my testimony is what God did for me he accepted me the way I was and those people were feeling unapproved, unaccepted, broken, prostitutes, drug addicts, people that have done things I don't even want to think of, need the gospel. And so when we share the truth of our, how our approval took place and our change and our transformation, hearts get freed, chains get broken. And hell loses one. Just like the song we, we like to sing, you know? Sorry about that. It went off for me. Sorry about that.
I also noticed that I suddenly found boldness after that, and I began to start to walk away from the constant having to know I was approved by people because I knew for sure that day God loved me. Here's the good news. Second fact about people pleasing, how we deal with it is the approval of God sets us free from the disease to please, which is kind of what I was just talking about. That's how we get out from under it. You might go, well, Dave, how can I know that God approves of me? You don't know what I've done. You're right, I don't. But I do know this. In Romans, it says that God demonstrates his love towards us or for us in this. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. Now think about that. If you want to know if you're approved, if you're loved by God, God, maker of heaven and earth, the one who calls into the nothing and brings forth light, every animal we've known about, us, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? If he didn't accept you, why would he give his only begotten son to set you free and bring you back into a relationship with him? That doesn't sound like a disapproval. It sounds like somebody loves you more than we love ourselves. I kind of want you to just know on that a little bit, you know? I mean, isn't that freeing to know that it's nothing in of us? what he did you know we talk about it a lot but think about how real this is he first loved you and reached out for you and all you have to do is understand that and accept that and it will set you free because the truth will set you free correct You can't please everybody, but you can please God, right? I hope I've prayed about this. I hope you can really, it seems like something simple I've been saying today, but grasp it for all it's worth because it will set you free. If you are in Christ, God approves of you. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You're the very righteousness of God through Jesus and the blood on the cross. And he doesn't just love you. He accepts you. He does approve you. Think about your worth. It it shouldn't be based upon what people think. Your worth is based on what God thinks about you. So let's look at this. Let's see who God says we are. We've got a couple little things to touch on. I need a drink first because it's dry up here. I guess that's what happens when you talk too much, huh? (laughs) All right. You are, in Christ, a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are forgiven for your sins. They've been washed away, blotted out, gone. Ephesians 1.7. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Romans 8, 37. You are God's masterpiece. Ephesians 2, 10. You are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 17. You are filled with the very spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Do you know what power that is? You have it. You're, 
in you? We don't have to sit around and wait and hope people will accept us. We're loved by the maker of the world, by our redeemer. Joint heir with Christ. Romans 8, 17. We are his ambassadors. That's putting a lot of trust in somebody if you don't care for them or approve of them, isn't it? Why would he give you all this power, all this love, all this stuff, all these tools if you're not approved? And as I said earlier, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21. You are greatly loved by God. Romans 1.7. Embrace this. Hold on to it. Let it overcome you. It can be overwhelming. It's a beautiful thing. I remember driving home from New York. Uh, my friend picked me up when I was up there the one time. And like, the reality is some of this started set, setting in after that time I was teaching. And as I'm riding, I just fell over and I just bawled for about 30 to 40 minutes straight. And when I had done that, I had let go of so much. If, if you haven't experienced some of that power, I implore you, spend some time with these scriptures. We can give you all of them. Don't just read them. Speak them. Every day, read those scriptures aloud and put in where it says, for you, say, I am this and I am why are you you are because the great I am says you are it's in the speaking of those words you're putting things in motion I mean if we create we're created in the very image of God right he created us in his own image and how does he do things he opens his mouth and says something and that's how it happens When we begin to speak those things, we hear us saying them, and they begin over a period of time to transform us. Transformation doesn't occur just by reading through them one time, or hearing them one time, or hearing Chris, or hearing me, or coming for the ladies' group, or for the men's group, or for the youth. Transformation is a lifelong thing. And if you had a lifelong process of <clears throat> wrong thinking, takes a long time to kind of wash that away and work through it. But it's there for you. You know, I want to take a simple little illustration that kind of hit me. It should be simple if I came up with it, right? Um, to tie this all together, the idea of those two items, the, the problem with adult idolatry, not adultery, idolatry, and the longing for approval is. You know, when you think of idolatry, it's easy like this. When I'm thinking about me, I, 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 I pride, even if you have esteem problems, believe it or not, pride's part of that. If I's in the middle of it, then there's adultery, uh, idolatry involved with it. So if you take a look at the letter, capital letter I, that's dead center. So here's how we're going to deal with the idolatry 
and knowing we're approved because he demonstrated his love for us first. He reached down for us. Currently here, we're still standing on our foundation. Here's still a problem. What do I do? As I begin to look to him and reach to him, you will see that my foundation is now covered by the blood of Christ. It is crossed out. And if you can focus on that simple little illustration on how to, what to do with that eye, I hope you'll remember everything he did. The cross is the answer for everything. It's good news. It's great news. Today, I, I don't know what you might be struggling with yourself. Maybe you struggle with some of this stuff too. Maybe it wasn't necessarily approval, but just things have been hitting you kind of hard and you're not sure how this, God's been tugging at your heart or something's, something's tugging at your heart. If that's you today, good news. The cross is still there. It's still the power. He doesn't hang on it anymore. But it's where you were delivered. All you have to do is accept that gift. That wonderful moment of ultimate love and sacrifice. Oh my God. I wish you'd come to know me. It breaks my heart if you don't. If you're struggling today and you, you need prayer, you can come up afterwards. We'll pray with you. If you would like to take that first step and say, Dave, I kind of need to understand this. I, 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 I want to make that move. I, I need to step out from under. I invite you to, whether you're watching, whether you're here, whether you're just listening. Right now, just take a moment. Close your eyes, bow your head, say, Lord, I don't understand everything that's going on in my life or in myself, but I do realize that I know I have sinned and I've sinned against you. And I want this gift, this gift of salvation that was just spoke of that would free me. I ask you to come into my heart today and begin to work in me. Let me feel that love and acceptance, Lord God. And know that you were there. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, musicians, if you want to come back up. As I said, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But the good news is what? God will keep us safe. He's delivered us.